This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Travis Ryer of the BamaOnline.com staff with an Arkansas postgame edition of Instant Analysis following the Alabama Crimson Tide's 52-3 win over the Arkansas Razorbacks in Fayetteville. An early kickoff, 11 a.m., a rarity for this 2020 season where this Alabama team is concerned. But the Crimson Tide becomes the first team in SEC history with 10 conference wins doing it in convincing fashion on a slow track, a sloppy track, I think is a fair way to put the playing conditions that we saw there at Reynolds Razorback Stadium. Uh, Not a fast start for the Alabama offense on Saturday morning, but the defense certainly rose up to the occasion, gave up the 66-yard field goal drive to Arkansas there in the first quarter that tied the game at three. But from that point forward, through the remainder of the first half on Saturday, the Alabama defense limited, I guess you could say. Arkansas, after that 66-yard field goal drive, had 78 yards of total offense there in the first quarter. From that point forward through until halftime, minus 18 yards of offense for Arkansas. There over the final quarter and a half or so. So the tone had been set defensively, even without Christian Harris. For the most part, he goes down on the first play of the game for the Razorbacks, that little RPO slant from Felipe Franks that picked up 18 yards. We just heard from Nick Saban in his postgame comments. Saban said that they still don't know the extent of the injury. They'll probably have to get back to Tuscaloosa this evening conduct an MRI with Christian Harris, and then we'll get a better understanding of what his availability looks like moving forward. Obviously, the SEC championship game next Saturday night against the Florida Gators in Atlanta, Georgia. So uh, a lot of people wondering about Christian Harris's status, but I'll say this, Jalen Moody was lights out, wasn't he? Jalen Moody comes into the game. This guy's a veteran of the program, been around three or four years now. And what you liked about Jalen Moody was that This is a guy that had obviously done his preparation, even as a backup. You saw some things, not just statistically from Jalen Moody. I think he led Alabama in tackles today at a forced fumble, half sack. But he was making pre-snap calls to other defenders. He was communicating. Usually when a guy is thrown into that type of situation, it is... It can be shocking to the point where all you can try to focus on is exactly what it is you're supposed to take care of. Well, you saw Jalen Moody signaling to other teammates. You know, Arkansas tried to run a wheel route um, with Traylon Burks out of the backfield. Now, Will Anderson was called for holding, 
on the play, defensive holding, but you saw Jalen Moody pre-snap signaling to Will Anderson that this is pretty much coming your way, and he was right. So really encouraging stuff from Jalen Moody, and what that tells you is that in addition to being that next guy up at weak side linebacker, if you need another guy, even at the mic, with Dylan Moses perhaps, uh, if you have a situation there where you have to backfill at the mic position, Jalen Moody looked like a guy today that's ready to take on whatever you want to give to him. The Alabama pass rush, obviously a big part of the storyline as we'll talk about the defense here initially because it was such an impressive performance. You worried about tempo. You worried about some of the old misconcepts that you had seen back in early October. Well, none of that came to fruition today. The Alabama defense, as physically dominant as it was, again, I think the most encouraging thing you saw today Guys lined up, guys uh, very much engaged and on point from an assignment perspective because it is the kind of offense that makes you take care of your individual responsibility. You cannot play hero ball against these kind of offenses. You will get burnt. But Alabama did a very nice job limiting explosive plays to pretty much very minimal amount. And uh, again, the run from the middle of the first quarter through the entire second quarter, that was pretty much the game. And you get the punt return from Devontae Smith for the touchdown to really get you going. It was pretty much defense and special teams. It was kind of retro ball for Alabama today because this was a, an Arkansas defense that very much intent on taking away as best as it could the deep ball and the explosive plays, playing that zone, dropping three guys deep dropping eight on a lot of plays, and you have the field conditions uh, that were obviously a problem early on for Najee Harris and the Alabama run game in general, Uh, then you're also without Evan Neal today. So Chris Owens has to jump in there, and while Chris Owens is a very valuable part of this offensive line, you know, Evan Neal is an all-American type player at right tackle and at 350 pounds and what he's able to do in terms of moving people, earth, and everything else in between in that run game. So you probably missed something there, I would think, with Evan Neal out of the game. Chris Owens, again, a solid account because when you look at the pass rush numbers for Arkansas in the game, zero sacks, zero quarterback hurries. So there wasn't pressure on either Mac Jones or the little bit that we saw of Bryce Young and the opportunities that he got there in about a quarter and a half of action to throw it around just a little bit. Devontae Smith, though, offensively, the number's not what you're used to, but again, the 84-yard punt return there in the first quarter, that was the fire starter. It wasn't going to be a game unless Alabama's run game really got going early and forced Arkansas into playing more man-to-man coverage and committing more people to the run Arkansas was going to very much focus on keeping Devontae Smith to a manageable total, and I give uh, Arkansas credit for that. I also give credit to Mac Jones. You heard Nick Saban in the postgame remarks as well. Mac, for the most part, did a good job of not taking the cheese. You think about Arkansas in an earlier game against Ole Miss. Mac Corral just did not have the patience or maturity to take the checkdowns, to take the shorter stuff. He kept trying to force the ball in the middle of the field, into those three safeties and even a guy underneath in Jalen Catalan a lot of times who will rob the middle of the field. And he actually got Mac in the end zone there in the third quarter, but you had the targeting penalty on Hayden Henry for Arkansas that took that one away. But I thought Mac 
third downs, he was, I think, five for five on third down for 55 yards and five first downs. So very efficient. That was a big difference in the game, too. Alabama able to sustain drives on third down, very successful on those plays. And then also Arkansas, not so much. The Alabama defense, again, that pass rush continues to ramp up. And again, what you like is that with Barmore, with Will Anderson, with Christopher Allen, uh, Byron Young at times, Justin Aboigby, uh, when they bring one of those inside linebackers, they're not having to bring five or six guys as much to get home. The twist in the pass rush games, tackle and stunts, things like that, more and more you're seeing it uh, become more and more effective. And that's critical, obviously, with what Florida is going to present next week with that passing game. So uh, the run game for Alabama, again, not what you would have maybe expected considering the success Missouri had a week ago. Different playing conditions, different field conditions, different type of lineup for that Alabama offensive line. But Jace McClellan got that yards per carry up there for Alabama late. Jace McClellan, the true freshman, I haven't looked at his updated yards per carry now, but he's probably he's probably around 10 or more for the season after going 80. I couldn't help but think of Shad Williams in 2002, watching Jace McClellan uh, go 80. And it was kind of comedic almost in the post game because Nick Saban was almost bemoaning the fact that they were trying to get more guys in the game on offense and as Nick put it the guy goes 75 yards for a touchdown you know almost as if the the perfect illustration of Bama problems right we're trying to get guys in the game and you go 80 and don't do that anymore but no Jason McClellan continues to impress in his opportunities, didn't like the fumble for Roydell Williams down there inside the red zone. In fact, that was the only red zone opportunity for Alabama in the game in which it did not cash in for a touchdown. Five of six in the red zone, um, five touchdowns, the one turnover by Roydell Williams. Will Reichard, perfect still, 46-yarder in the first quarter to get the scoring going. That baby was perfect, perfect rotation, perfect lift. Talked about this last week at Bama Online. Uh, just a guy that he's not just making kicks. They look really good in the air, and they're almost able to fit in a thimble in terms of accuracy. So another another strong performance from Will Reichard. But from an injury perspective, yes, Christian Harris will obviously be something to keep an eye on as we move forward. Evan Neal uh, will obviously be an individual that we'll have our eyes and op- eyes and ears open for as we move more into SEC championship game week. Najee Harris, Devontae Smith, you know, you talk about numbers. Well, they only played a half today, too. So something you have to take into consideration as well. What do you got for me, gang? We're early today. We go from 1130 in a parking lot in Baton Rouge near midnight last Saturday night to a little after what? Two Central in the afternoon the next Saturday? I kind of like this one better. I'm not going to... uh, I'm not going to to lie to you there. What do you got for us? Anything you want to get specific about here as we put this one to bed and look forward to what should be a, a very entertaining 2020 SEC championship game? What do we got? Hey, Darren, how are you? D says Moody with the surprising speed. You know, I don't know, D, but he looks like maybe he's dropped a little weight, and that's pretty much what we've seen from inside linebackers at Alabama in the past. 
Reuben Foster was one of those first guys to do it probably five, six years ago. Remember when Reuben dropped down to about 220? Yeah, Rob didn't like the uh, the dirty ankle roll on Devontae Smith there at the end of the one-punt return. I hear you on that, Rob. Um, but no, I, I think part of it, too, is it's not just the physical aspect of it. It's um, It's that... When you are finally comfortable within the scheme and you know where you're supposed to be and when you're supposed to be there, it can help you play a lot faster, you know? And I think that's part of what Dylan Moses has had to deal with this year. As I've talked about throughout the season, we can talk about the knee injury, but playing middle linebacker as opposed to playing weak side, um, you you can't play with that sort of confidence or that – speed a lot of times because you're having to take on more from a mental standpoint, not to diminish what we saw from Jalen Moody today. Uh, and as I said, I thought he showed some attributes that would work quite well if he did have to play some Mike, because it wasn't just that he took care of his business. He was also very much aware of uh, what everyone around him was supposed to do. Joe says you got to let Bryce Young throw it around more. Um. You know, in a situation like today, Joe, when it's 38 degrees and you're playing in the SEC championship game next week, it's pretty much going to be let's run it and get out of here. Now, in some previous weeks, if you want to make that argument, okay. But this week specifically, you're just trying to get to NWA, get back on the charter. Plus, you got guys, I think, that are graduating tonight. It's a graduation day at UA, by the way. So, You're trying to get guys back for a variety of reasons. Most of all, you're just trying to stay healthy and get out of there. There'll be a time for that for Bryce. Hopefully it'll be in the spring, more so than anything else, depending on how we get through the rest of this stuff and uh, move into spring ball. I would think he he would have more of those opportunities at that point. What else do we have on a Saturday afternoon? Ray asking about Christian Harris. Ray, we talked about it earlier in the uh, show. Uh, Nick Saban said in the post-game remarks that not exactly sure the extent of the injury to his shoulder, but they're going to do an MRI once they get back to Tuscaloosa and get more on that. Hey, Trip, Trip, are you, uh, is that Vermont? V-E, I guess so. Vermont or Virginia, I'm guessing. We got the Army-Navy game today, by the way. Yeah, Chris, I mean, the Heisman Trophy stuff, that was a big topic, obviously, on the broadcast. By the way, I thought Dan Orlovsky uh, was really good. And uh, good point about LeBron Ray, too. Um, but I think that uh, I think that Florida is more dependent upon, obviously, it's positive. Just look at the rushing touchdowns for Alabama today. I mean, Alabama had, what, six rushing touchdowns today? You know, I, I don't know how many Florida even has all year. Yeah, we'll check on LeBron and see if we can get some more on that. But it tells you something that these guys are progressing to the point where Tim Smith, Aboigby, Byron Young, DJ Dale, I thought was good early in the game too. Uh, you know, they've they've advanced to a point, they've developed to a point where you know, if they either get minimal production or even have guys out, um, you're still seeing them play at a very high level. Anything else before we get out of here? Michael checking in from Columbus, Ohio. 
Wow, I wonder how that goes over, Michael. Barmore was really good, Robert. You know, he's continued to mature and advance, and I've said it before, I, you know, you love the pass rush, you love the negative play production, but there's things I see from Christian Barmore just in terms of doing his job, you know, that, that, that helps the defense as a whole. A lot of times it doesn't show up in the, uh, in the, uh, in the statistics, but uh, it, it definitely has been better for the, uh, the defense in general. Ken asking about the playing surface. Well, you know, they had significant rainfall there yesterday, and then you still had the cool temperatures, and I'm going to guess they didn't tarp that field. I'm guessing Arkansas was okay with a slow track. What do you think against this Alabama offense? I think I'd be okay with a slow track. And, you know, last week in Baton Rouge, it wasn't a fast track. It was it was pretty pretty soft anyway. I wouldn't say it was sloppy at Tiger Stadium, but it was – it was soft. And, uh, you know, look, this is something we haven't seen before. Um, we haven't seen um, mid-December on-campus football, right? So this is giving you an idea of what that would look like in terms of playing surfaces and playing outdoors. Typically, when you watch football in December involving Alabama, where is it played? It's played inside, on turf, um, usually. It's not usually outside football for Alabama once you get in the month of December. Yeah, Brian Robinson, really good today. I think Brian had 17 total touches, didn't put it on the ground. First and foremost, uh, you like that for him. Had a great catch on a third down there, um, you know, in the first quarter, second quarter, I guess it was. And so, you know, he was really good in support of, of Najee. And then, of course, you saw the big play by Jace McClellan. So uh, other than maybe a slight muff of a kickoff attempt there early in the third quarter to open the second half, really good day for for Brian Robinson. Took care of the football, count on him in pass protection. I mean, those are the things for him that you need first and foremost. Garrett, we talked about this sort of in relation to why they didn't maybe throw it around a whole lot with Bryce Young there. Um, you don't really need Najee. Not and, and Saban said this post game. You know, it's forty five to three. Um, you know, there's a good chance next week Najee's going to be north of twenty carries. Certainly, you would think north of twenty touches in all likelihood. And so, no sense of exposing him to more than you really need to. Same for Devontae Smith. Yeah, Baker did look good. D on that one little quick screen out there, he did show some zip. You're right. Still would like to see those young receivers pick it up and blocking, and they will. Uh, Trayshawn Holden kind of hung Tyu Jones' bell out the dry there in the fourth quarter. But, you know, I said this during the game. It's That's the one area in terms of the physical demands of that position that seemingly comes the farthest from year one to year two. It's like the running backs and pass protection. You know, some of these wide receivers and running backs, how much blocking do you think they do in high school? Not a lot. And Alabama is very much perimeter blocking oriented in how it goes about uh, its offensive approach. So you, know, you see some of those, and then I get questions all the time about where is freshman wide receiver X? And well, a lot of times that's what it has to do with it. Robert, good point on Brian Branch also. That's what I liked about the game defensively more than even the stats. 
I like seeing young guys. You saw this, too, with Will Anderson. Arkansas was going to throw a, a throwback to the tight end. I think it was in the third quarter. And Will Anderson doesn't take the cheese. You know, he's there. He's in coverage. And then Brian Branch on the double pass, that's just a hell of a play. I mean, more so because they put him in conflict with the route concept there. And they counted on Brian Branch as a true freshman safety, sort of biting on the middle route and leaving the guy up top uncovered. And uh, he didn't take the cheese. He took the football. He took the cheese. He just took the cheese he wanted to take. And I thought, you know, um, DeMarco Hellams continues to – the tackling in general is probably something we have not talked about enough with this defense. Just – cleaning up the tackling, um, but also getting more guys to the ball because you're more sound and secure in what your job is and how you're able to carry that out. It's confidence, right? A lot of this goes back to confidence. And Alabama defensively right now playing with a lot of it. And they'll need it next week because the matchups are going to be tough. And we'll certainly get into more of those as we move throughout the week. You're going to have Kyle Pitts to deal with. A monster as a kind of a Calvin Johnson type hybrid tight end wide receiver. Um, and then you're going to have uh, Kadarius Tony, going to give you some of that waddle element. Uh, and you've got really good depth at those skill spots. The running backs, the, the rushing numbers won't blow you away for Florida, but go look at the receiving numbers for some of those backs. That's when uh, That's when you'll see it. Yeah, Robert, I agree. Form tackling was good today. Getting a helmet on the ball a couple of times. Four turnovers produced for this Alabama defense today. So it was good stuff. Really, really good stuff. And we got a lot of good stuff for you there at BamaOnline.com. Charlie Potter, myself, Kirk McNair with post-game analysis, reaction, updates. We got all that for you at BamaOnline.com. You know what else we got coming up this week? early signing period. It's all happening coming up this week. So if you're not already subscribed to BamaOnline.com, I can't tell you a better time to do it than right now. We're going to have early signing period. Alabama with 22 commits expected to sign all of those young guys on Wednesday there throughout the week, the end of the week. Uh, And then we're going to get you ready for an SEC championship game a week from tonight over at Mercedes-Benz Stadium. Capacity for that game is what, 16-5? Yeah, Jacob, we talked about Will Reichert earlier. He's been great, no doubt about it. Hey, thanks so much for joining us here on the post-game edition of uh, excuse me, Instant Analysis. Um, again, we're going to have you covered throughout the weekend, and we're going to have you covered moving forward into SEC Championship and early signing period week. Um This will upload, by the way, if you missed any of it, you can go back and go to the Bama Online podcast, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, anywhere you subscribe to podcast, you're going to find us there. Subscribe to the Bama Online podcast. Leave us a rating and a review if you don't mind while you're there. That would be greatly appreciated as well. Travis Ryer, thanking you once again for joining us here, and of course, at BamaOnline.com. We'll do this again real soon. Have a great weekend, everybody.